This podcast is sponsored by Talkspace. You know when you're really stressed or not feeling so great about your life or about yourself? Talking to someone who understands can really help. But who is that person? How do you find them? Where do you even start? Talkspace. Talkspace makes it easy to get the support you need. With Talkspace, you can go online, answer a few questions about your preferences, and be matched with a therapist. And because you'll meet your therapist online, you don't have to take time off work or arrange childcare. You'll meet on your schedule, whenever you feel most at ease. If you're depressed, stressed, struggling with a relationship, or if you want some counseling for you and your partner, or just need a little extra one-on-one support, Talkspace is here for you. Plus, Talkspace works with most major insurers, and most insured members only pay a $25 copay or less. No insurance, no problem. Now get $100 off your first month when you go to Talkspace.com slash comedy. Match with a licensed therapist today at Talkspace.com slash comedy. Talkspace.com slash comedy. Ninja Moonshine, Middle of the Road, podcast for meeting in the middle. All right, it is now time for Meet in the Middle with Moonshine and the Ninja. Moonshine, say hello. What's going on? Um, Not much, not much. So I wanted to talk to you today about... uh gun control because me and you obviously on different ends of the spectrum i don't want to take people's guns but i want less people to have them right and your view is my view is that it's kind of like the the other day with matthew mcconaughey the guy comes out and and before i begin i want to say this Everybody's been affected by a mass murder or a killing or what what have you with guns. My heart goes out to them 1,000%. I mean, it's Father's Day today. Yeah, no uh, doubt. Imagine how many people have lost people that that were a father, you know, and or a son. How, how would it feel to be a father today and you have nobody to say Happy Father's Day to? But with Matthew McConaughey coming out, I respect his his love and his passion for his his hometown of Uvalde, Texas, which is southwest of San Antonio, down on the Mexico, not far from Mexico. But what the problem I have is the fact that a man that has made his wealth off of movies with guns involved in them. I mean, how many movies has Matthew McConaughey brandished a weapon? You know what I mean? Yeah. So it's kind of like, do as I say, not as I do. And that was the problem that I have. But as far as gun control, um, take a look at it, Ninja. I mean, you've, uh, you've got, you've got how many cities with major, with major uh, gun laws that have the strictest gun laws in America, uh, as far as uh, Chicago, uh, L.A., New York, uh, and people this past weekend, it's just waiting for the numbers to come out. How many, how many uh, murders and how many acts of violence are coming through with guns? So... With gun control, I just don't I don't believe in anything with the word control. I don't like it. I know it sounds a little petty, but I don't like the word control. I'm I'm labeled as a 
quote unquote conservative, but I'm more middle of the road. I want less government. I want people to have more. I want them to have more of a say in their own lives instead of depending on the government. Okay. So, yeah. Okay. Well, here's what I propose. I propose one of the problems you discussed with the cities with the strictest gun laws is sometimes it's just the city, not the whole state. So if you're just trying to enforce something in one city, it's, it's not going to work. It has to be mm-hmm. statewide and preferably nationwide for it to work. So here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to throw some things at you that I call common sense gun control because I'm not mm-hmm. anti-gun. There right. are people in this world right now, not only do I, I think should have a gun, I would give them the gun. Like there are certain people I would trust right now with a gun, no problem. Give them, I would trust you with a gun. I would give you the gun if I had it in my hand to give to you. I have no problem with that. But I do believe there, there is some national laws we could put in place that would mm-hmm. help. But a lot of times when I discuss this with people, they get very upset with me because they disagree. So I'm going to run these by you and see what you think. One okay, go ahead. Simplest one. A national expanded background check. I agree with it. Because right now you can commit crimes in certain states and then go to another state and you'll pass a background check. Because the systems well, aren't connected. And then also, you know, I'm I'm actually more, you know, I'm right middle to the right, but I fall in more on the middle to the left on this, which is very surprising to a lot of people that would listen to me. But if you actually listen to me instead of just, you know, take a look at my stature, you know, I'm a I'm I'm a white male, a big guy, bald headed, blah blah blah. You know, prior military, I was in law enforcement um, as a corrections officer and a transport officer. But uh, I believe that there should be uh, when you have people that have been um, uh, put into mental facilities. I think that that those those um, those records should be extended more. There's a lot of people that'll go, and when they go, there's no uh, there's no record. Yeah, there's, there's no record of being them in a mental facility. And currently, as part of the, even the background checks we do, mental health check isn't part of it. You can literally check out of a mental health institution, and the very next day, go buy a gun. Yeah. Oh, that's I completely disagree with that. Yeah. And, and that's something that was actually the next thing I was going to say. You you jumped right into it Add a mental health background check. Now, I don't think it should be if you've been ever institutionalized, you should never be able to buy a gun because right. dep- a lot of that would also depend what you're institutionalized for. If you're in institutionalized because you were dreaming about killing people. OK, maybe you never get a gun again. But if mm-hmm. it was more personal issues, depression, um, you know, the why gambit a mental health issue but if you get a clear pass from the doctor after being committed and then you'd be able to get that and still be able to go buy a gun and closing all loopholes all of them that allow you to mm-hmm. buy a gun without a background check right because there's a couple of things that are very specific that right now are not being addressed at all. One's called the default proceed. I don't even know if you know about this one because we hadn't talked about it before. Do you know what the default no, proceed I don't, is? I don't. So you go into a gun shop. You put in for your background check. For some reason, your background check gets delayed. 
it happens sometimes it's because the system needs more funding and it's old. It's not that you've done anything wrong, just it takes a couple extra days. It actually happens a lot to corrections officers. Um, if it's taking too long, the gun owner can hit a button called default proceed and go ahead and give you the gun, even though their background check has not come back. Mm. Yeah, that kind of seems like it kind of just what's the point of having any any laws if you can if you can do that yeah and with, i know you're i know your head's exploding right now probably no, on this, no. But, i knew you're a reasonable person that's why i wanted to do a show with you yeah i uh i i agree i agree with uh you know the loopholes and things like that um let me ask you this you know you grew up in tennessee and now you live in kentucky yeah not much difference what, what well, there's a little bit. I mean, you're a Commonwealth, and we're we're just a regular state. Yeah. Um, which the Commonwealth gets a little more detailed as far as different things, but um, you know, Tennessee recently removed uh, having to have a uh, a firearm permit, and now you can conceal carry. Oh no, Kentucky did that two years ago. Oh, can, so can okay. So then they are similar. What is your what are your feelings on that? Uh, citizens have the right now, and that kind of falls in with the gun. And, and I want to say this too: How many people that are regular, everyday American citizens that that own a firearm that put it up? We don't, you know, we don't talk about that. We don't talk about the people that actually are good American citizens that every day go out and just live their lives. They're not plotting to, you know, to rob Miss Miss Hubbard down the street on, you know, uh, you know, Cocktail Lane. I don't think that's a road. That may be in Vegas, but I don't think that's a road. But, uh, um. You know, there's good. There's so many good gun owners in this country that own a firearm, that it, that are responsible. Yeah. They teach their kids responsible responsibility, and we we don't hear about them enough. You know, there's a lot of people out there that are very 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 intelligent when it comes to to their firearms and understanding that these are weapons that can destroy and kill and destroy lives. There is. And, and here's my problem, because I don't like that anybody can CCW um, and anybody yeah. can open carry. And, and, and this is, there's a couple of reasons, but one, the day after that law went into place, right? Mm -hmm. A guy in Taco Bell shot himself in the leg because he was carrying his gun without a holster. He wasn't even trying to pull it. He just had it jammed in his belt and it caught his belt loop just right. And he shot himself in the leg. The very next day, because doesn't Darwin call that natural selection? <laughs> yeah, but exactly. But what if it fell and shot someone else? Um, the, the thing about no, I agree completely. Yeah, the thing about the CCW, which which most people don't know or don't understand or, or don't think about, is the reason you had to get a license was you had to go to a class and then you had to show you could be safe with the gun before yeah. you could get your license. And that, to me, that was the big thing about having the license. It wasn't so much, you know, I cared that you had the gun. I don't care if you had the gun, but show me you're safe before you're carrying it in public. Yeah. That's it. Like, And, and so I think that should be 
There should be a national CCW where if you get a CCW, you can carry it in every state, but you should still have to take that class where you demonstrate your safety. Because one of the biggest problems uh, I've been noticing, and this goes into one of the other things I want to change, I want to raise the minimum gun purchase age to like 23. You can't buy any gun until you're 23. And I understand there's 18-year-old kids that are perfectly reasonable and responsible. And then there's the 18-year-old kids who are like me, who were standing on the back of trucks, chugging beer, who should no business anywhere near a gun because I was an idiot. Right. And but then we fall, but then we fall into now we've already we've already moved the tobacco age to 21 years old. And when in the United States of America, you're considered an adult at the age of 18. So we're no longer considering adults. Adults can go off and, and fight for their country and die for our country, but they can no longer have the option of going out and buying tobacco products. Or now, if that measure passed that you're talking about, they wouldn't be able to go out and purchase a firearm. And I would actually carve out an exception for anybody who served in the military. Cause I agree with okay. you because that person also is getting specialized weapons training. I got you. I would carve but, out that exception for anybody who, who went through military training of any kind, because you have proven to me your weapon. When, when the second amendment was written, guns were a part of everyday life. You were taught as a young child, how to deal with guns. So you knew gun safety. Nowadays, at the age of 18, there are people who have literally, other than seeing them on a cop, never touched a gun. And they can go into a gun store and buy an AR with a high-capacity magazine with ammo designed to kill people and mm -hmm. not even know how to properly load it, let alone how to safely store it. I was doing Uber in Nashville right before I moved to Las Vegas in 2016. And this guy, his first question was, he goes, so uh, I want to know what's it like to own a firearm? <laughs> By the way, uh, I hope that came out right. What's it like to own a firearm? And I said, uh, huh? <laughs> this was just out of nowhere. And he goes, yeah, I've never even seen one before. And I said, well, uh, I mean, they're just, it's a weapon that you use at your own discretion for protecting your home, your domicile, your property, and also the bigger, the, the weapon and, and the muzzle you go out and you use for hunting. And he said he was just blown away. Well, that sounds like and, an Australian. I do believe it's actually all firearms are illegal in Australia. Yeah, they and and that's another thing that that hits home is that you know before me and you you we did this uh, or you and I the, it is the correct way of saying is you and I um, you and I did a little thing where we did like uh, went back into the to the past and I really enjoyed it it was really good and you were really really knowledgeable about uh, time travel and things like that. Go back to 1939 and tell people that live in, um, that live in uh, France 
or live in um, uh, Austria or Poland that uh, that they could actually own firearms and see what the difference would be. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, and, and you're right. And that's why my point is not to take away firearms. Um, yeah. Um, it, it's just to make sure only the right people have them, um, which is why I also believe um, for private gun sales, it should be the same way we sell cars. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is the part that almost every person I've ever talked to on the right has disagreed with me. So you'll, you will shock me if you agree with this one. Every gun should be registered. When you want um, to, when you take and want to sell a gun, you have to take it down like to the equivalent of the gun DMV, and to take the person you want to sell it to, and just like you sell a car, transfer the registration. Now let me ask you this: so you're putting a lot of faith into your government and believing that they're out there just for you and to protect you, but. If you have all of these things documented and listed and they – and for instance, say a president like <laughs> Joe Biden um, that's in right now decided to basically sell our country and everything that we – and yes, I'm being a little – I'm being crazy by saying this, but – after 9-11 and the world we live in today, you there's nothing that would surprise me. So say, for instance, Russia takes tries to invade the United States and somehow gets all the documentation of all the gun owners and how many weapons they have and this and that. That's one of the problems that I have. The reason why we established this country was basically – off of the Carpe Diem, which, um, I, in my opinion, is the greatest document in the history of, of, uh, I guess you would say, of freedom. Uh, where uh, I hope I'm right about this. King John in the was it 1258? I'm probably wrong about the date, but he knew that the writing was on the wall that if the people didn't believe that they had certain um, they didn't have a standing in the world that they lived in and they didn't have a say that they were going to overthrow him. And he was absolutely correct. So carpe diem, carpe diem. (laughs) Oh boy. Seize the day, not carpe diem, but um, uh, the Magna Carta. So this is being recorded. Hey folks, I'm a human being. And uh, it's been a while since I haven't done, I've been on a guest with somebody, the Magna Carta, the Carpe Diem. So seizing the day happened in 1258, but uh, Carpe Diem, um, the Magna Carta, excuse me, for some reason, and I have dyslexia and I don't know why my brain thinks the way it does, but for all the people listening and, and you know, all the ones that are out there right now, they're like, Carpe Diem, how dare he, how dare he? And at the same time, they're they're like gambling online and their kids don't have anything to eat. But um, the Magna Carta, excuse me, when the Magna Carta came out, um, it was it's the greatest document in the history of mankind. And what it did was it established just regular people having a say in government. And and that that's my point. And I'm getting I'm. I'm dancing around here, but the point of all that is, is 
our country was founded on not believing in our government, understanding that we need to keep some things private. We need to we need to understand that the government is not for us. That there are they are a um, uh, it's it's a uh, it's so, something that needs to be there to re- you know to regulate things and to control things, but we we don't need to put. <laughs> that that's entertaining we, that I all that stuff I just said, but um, we don't need to put that much faith, in my opinion, in the government. So well, and, there we go. And, and this will be where I'm going to disagree with you on that one. It's not that I have faith in the government. That's not what I'm going to disagree on. Um, it's whether they have a list of who has the guns or not. If they want to know who also has all the guns, they know. Everybody in the country right now is carrying with them a walking GPS tracker, microphone, video camera mm-hmm. at all times. Everybody's carrying one. So if yeah. the government's already that shady and they're already going to do what you're saying, they already mm-hmm. know who has all the guns. Period. That's, like, a, that's, that's a good point. Yeah. Like, so if, if, if the scenario you're talking about where we need the guns to protect ourselves from the government, it doesn't matter if there's a registry or not. The government already knows. We, right. we have already allowed that to happen. So if we've already allowed that to happen, then why not set up this system for background checks? Because that's what the, the, the DMV guns would be for, was you, you want to sell the gun and say, you want to sell the gun to Steve, but you don't know that Steve that well, but you want to sell him the gun anyway. You go there, they take the gun, they do the background check, they approve it, they give it to him. Just the same way you transfer a car. Yeah. And... I get what you're saying. You might need your gun to overthrow the government. And the day the government, I said this when I did my, uh, my solo show on the topic, the day the government comes from your guns, shoot them. That's, that's why you have it to protect your property. And that's your property. And I'm okay with that. But the registry, the potential benefit of keeping, keeping unregistered guns off the street, which would keep, criminals from being easily to obtain guns because one of the reasons criminals are so easily to obtain guns is there is so many unregistered guns that aren't being tracked if you had to register your gun and be responsible for anything that happens to that gun you're going to be a little bit more careful with it you're not going to just give it to anybody you're not just going to sell it to anybody and that's going to create a slice of is it 100% going to get rid of the issue no nothing's going to 100% get rid of the issue but we can make it harder for the bad guy to get the gun and that would do it because that would also give the police the power to confiscate any unregistered guns. In other words, what would be an illegal firearm? Right. Now, now let me ask you, do you believe as far as castle doctrine goes and states that don't believe that you should be able to defend your home or you should run out the back door if somebody comes in your home? I know that's getting off a little bit of topic. but no, it's it, actually it perfectly part of the topic. It's part of the topic to a degree, yes. What do you think of that? If somebody's attacking you or your property, you have the right to defend yourself, except for in one situation. And this goes back to the situation in Florida that annoys the crap out of me. Okay. If you attack somebody, like you initiate the combat, and you start to lose the fight, you take your ass whooping and go home. You don't shoot the kid. Yeah. If you start the fight, I don't think the Castle Droxing should apply unless they're getting ready to murder you. And now you're going back to the... Um, I think it was Trevor Martin was his name? Yeah, yeah. 
don't start nothing, there won't be nothing. Like, if that rule, if, I know that's a horrible saying to apply to a law like that, but Castle if you're protecting yourself because they initiate it and they're coming in your home or they attack you, by all means, defend yourself. But if you start the fight and that person doesn't have a gun and you shoot them, really? Yeah, yeah, I think it's... Um... It's one of those things when you you could be, you know, a person that has a severe handicap, a person that that is there are, there are certain circumstances when you're possibly getting your head bashed in or it's a life or death situation, but then in that case if the person is doing that and they're trying to kill you, they probably see the gun on your on your hip and would probably go for the gun, um, for the weapon. Yeah. It's hard for me to say gun when you go through basic training and you do enough push-ups to remember and don't say gun, um, weapon. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I agree with that to a point, but we don't live in a perfect world where, you know, there, there can be situations where somebody has a firearm on them and, and they're in a situation where this person is physically um, superior over them and they, they don't feel like they're, they're going to be able to live through this ordeal. Uh, it's just one of those things where, you know, it just, it kind of depends on the situation. It, you know, it, it's a situational thing. It is, and that's why we have a jury. I just feel like the jury kind of missed the point on that one. But no, yeah, if you're defending your home, I'm all forecast to defend yourself. That's one of the reasons you, you get a gun. Um, right. But with the expanded background checks, with the registry, with increasing the uh, age limit, because we can all name, you know, you could probably name one person you know right now who technically could legally buy a gun who shouldn't have a gun. Uh, yes. Yeah, you, you, you're at the gun range shooting your gun for fun, and you're like, oh, Steve just came in. We're all going to die. I'm leaving. Right. So, and, and those are the people I don't want, want to have guns. Also, like, if you want to have a little militia group and, 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 and you want to practice military tactics because eventually you're worried about the government takeover, do it. As long as you're – do it. As long as you're not planning to yeah. kidnap a governor, have at it. Like – these things are okay. There's nothing wrong with any of those things. That was one of the reasons for the Second Amendment was, you know, a well-armed militia. Perfectly fine. Just have your guns be registered. Uh, be able to pass a background check and a mental health background check. Also, I think they need to reinstate the waiting period. And this one, I get a lot of pushback on. Um, but as a veteran, I think, I mean, as you being a veteran, not me, I tried to serve. They wouldn't let me. Bad knees and diabetic. They wouldn't let me join. I wanted to be in the Air Force. They wouldn't let me. Well, let me, let me make sure I am technically a veteran because I served during wartime, but I did not put boots on the ground in any uh, conflict area in the United, in the world. Anybody who served in the military, were, in my mind, whether you went to a war zone or not, if you're active duty at one point, you're a veteran, and, and I thank you for whatever you did, whether it was just bringing ice cream to the dude in the back or, or, or on the front lines, like, they wouldn't even let me in, so it obviously I wasn't good enough. So, but I do identify as a Navy SEAL. Well, there you go. Well, you're officially a Navy SEAL. We'll get you some flippers. <laughs> uh, hey, so I have to ask. I want to ask you. 
when we're talking about guns. So, by the way, folks, you're listening right now. I'm Moonshine. This is Ninja. This is Meet in the Middle. Uh, we're we we had a show before, and we're we're coming together now and uh, putting something together that I think it. It, it can be really good. It's it's a great way for people on different sides. And then you find out that, wait a second, uh, he's not a Nazi. <laughs> he He's not what I thought he was. Uh, he actually has some of the same similar views. And then there's going to be times where we don't agree. But again, you meet in the middle and you try to meet in the middle and you, you try to find a compromise to where we can act like adults and passion is one thing, but also being an adult and actually having a, a good conversation. And I'll hopefully go back to this recording saying that, but right now, so I want to ask you, uh, I want to ask you uh, Ninja, what, what do you think in in the in nineteen in the nineteen sixties, um, Charles Whitman went up in a clock tower and shot and killed a numerous amount of people. After that, he was a Marine trained soldier, and he was he was actually, if you've seen the movie Full Metal Jacket, they talk about how good his his uh his range was and the type of shooter he was but why do you think that somebody especially in this time of age why do you think we have so many mass murders now why do you think there's so many um school shootings and uh and murders people can't people just can't seem to give me an answer and they dance around it because they're trying to protect video games and graphic violence. I, I want to know why, since the Columbine attacks, have we seen, what, 2,000% or more maybe? I don't know. I'm not great at math at all. But we've seen such a number of mass murders now, murders and school shootings since Columbine High School. Well, I have an answer, and and, 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 and you probably were going to disagree. You might, nah, you might, I don't know. Let's not get, I'll just say it. It's not video games. It's not violent TV. It's not that stuff. Mm -hmm. um, any of the people who are going to do this were going to find a violent outlet, and maybe it was they play video games, but video games aren't the cause. The, the problem comes down to, in my mind, is mental health and not getting the intention they need for the mental health. And when I say that, when you go back... In, in, in time, every decade, school classes were smaller. Only one parent worked. And in the 80s, it that's when that really started to change. I think the 1960s guy, that guy was just a fluke. He was crazy, and he was a really good shot. Thank God he didn't have access to some of the weapons we have now. It would have been worse. Uh, mm -hmm. But when you take, now both parents are working. I'm Sierra Bravo, and I'm the narrator of a brand new, first-of-its-kind sitcom podcast called Popcorn for Dinner. It's about dating and jobs, and there's even a laugh track. Popcorn for Dinner, a brand new sitcom available wherever you get your podcasts. Let's maybe pull straws to decide. 
my god, we don't own straws. We're not monsters. I'm Sierra Bravo, and I'm the narrator of a brand new, first of its kind, sitcom podcast called Popcorn for Dinner. This show has everything a sitcom should. Relatable problems, wacky characters, and even a will-they-won't-they. It's comfort listening at its finest. And there's even a laugh track. But don't worry, you get used to it. Popcorn for Dinner, available wherever you get your podcasts. Both parents are working crazier hours. Um, You go from a classroom of one teacher to 15 kids to one teacher to 40 kids. So these kids are left alone with only other kids to deal with. And maybe they're struggling. They're having the mental health issues. And they're not getting any attention at home because they don't even see their parents. Or they see their parents an hour a day. Um, So the parents aren't paying attention to what the kids are doing. Um, Especially with the Columbine kids, there were signs all over the kids' room that the parents never even went in. They didn't even know mm-hmm. stuff that in the sixties and the seventies, there was always a parent at home who would have caught this. And when smacked the kid up the head said, cheer up or whatever awesome, encouraging techniques they used for parenting back in those days. I don't know. I wasn't around. Um, but I think that's contributing to overcrowding in schools, uh, uh, is created these kids. And then, you know what, they play a video game and maybe that does encourage them a little bit, but they were already headed down that road to begin with. Like, if you feel completely alone in the world and you have one friend and they feel completely alone in the world and you're being bullied and you have no outlet, your parents aren't around, the teachers don't even notice, uh, eventually you get so angry you snap and, and that happens. Or you're just like the most recent shooting kid was just crazy. Like sometimes people are just nuts and that happens. Um, the last shooting in Florida not Parkland. There was another one after that where the, the, the guy went and bought two guns and went in, or maybe it was Parkland, went in shooting. Like, he had no reason. The kid was just off the rocker. The population's increased. There's less services for helping kids. There's less everything. The social worker system is overloaded. Kids go into foster care all the time, and you never hear from them again. That's the problem. This, it's a societal problem. But the video games and the, the violence and, and stuff like that on TV – Honestly, I don't think helps, but I don't think it's the cause. I think it's more the lack of attention because you face it, your kids need a certain level of attention. They need a parent at home most of the time. They need sometimes some kids need more individual attention from a teacher and bullying is going to happen. But when you look at bullying versus when we're in school versus what the bullying is now, it's off the charts. Some of the stuff they're doing now you would have been arrested for and put in jail for in the eighties. And they're like, Oh, they're just, they're just playing. They're bullying. It's fine. They're just kids. Yeah. Yeah. Like, no, he just like beat him in the head with a board for 20 minutes. That's not bullying. That's assault. Oh, it's let okay. me ask you, why do you think, and I played the video games, grand theft auto, call of duty, all those things. Why do you think the humans need to simulate that type of activity as far as, showing another human being and simulating it through uh, electronic graphics or whatever. Um, through, why do you think that we really need to see a simulation of killing another human being on a video game? Need to? We don't. And honestly, even the most graphic video games, once the violence is nowhere, it's not realistic, it's way over the top. And the ones that aren't realistic 
like where you just kind of shoot something fall over. It's not super graphic. It's just ridiculous. Um, the thing about video games that doesn't get discussed, um, and it's not singular to video games, but it's been a lot of research done on it. Is is when you are succeeding in a video game and accomplishing something, um, winning a match of Call of Duty, uh, winning a match of Fortnite, completing a mission in Grand Theft Auto, uh, or even Need for Speed where you're playing the cop and you're busting bad guys, right? Anytime you succeed in a mission, you get a dopamine hit. It's literally like taking a small hit of heroin. Well, it's the same way it is with social media. Right. Every time you see that, it started in my space, you know, what, uh, 19 years ago, something like that, maybe 18 years ago with my space. Yeah. And when you would see that, that, well, I remember what it was, it was the red mark or whatever it showed that you had, you were acknowledged. Yeah. It showed that you, Somebody had said something towards you. You had a message, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, it, there is a hit of dopamine. And that's another story for another day that will be a really good subject is, you know, with, with social media. Yeah. But, but video games, you can get that even easier than social media, especially if you're playing a solo game where I, I did this mission, bam, I did this, bam. And you get that. And that's why kids love it so much and can get addicted to it. And But I honestly really don't think that creates – the, the violence it may give them some ideas but man grand theft auto is pretty it's pretty bad it is i mean it's bad. really bad but also if you ever look at grand theft auto you know they specifically don't have in 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 the grand theft auto games and they did this what? on purpose schools okay they took but they out. have police officers they have police officers but you don't have a whole lot of mass shootings against police officers uh, I mean, but you have you do have a lot of violence towards police officers, and, and and the people who are doing violence towards police officers were probably already committing a crime and just trying to get away from the police officer. There have been some targeting police officers. I remember, I think it was in Chicago where there was several people who were specifically trying to, to kill police officers. But as a whole, people when they're having violence with police officers, it's because they had done something wrong and they didn't want to get caught. Well. I can I remember a number of incidents where in New York they're just sitting in their squad cars yeah, that's what, and they're, New York they're assassinated. Yeah. They're, they're yeah, they're they're absolutely they're just killed for being a police officer. Right. But I don't think that has anything to do with the video game. Those were people who think they're doing the right thing and it, mm -hmm. it's stupid. Um, and those are also the same people. I don't want to have access to guns, so I want to do things to make it harder for them to get guns. Right. And, and, and that's where this all comes back to with the things I'm, I, I want to put in place. Um, but I want to get back to the one, to go back to the topic where we got sidetracked to this topic, which no big deal. But I'll get back to it. Uh, the waiting period for guns. I think there mm -hmm. should be a seven-day waiting period. Seven-day waiting period to buy a gun? Mm -hmm. In other words, you want a gun, right? You go mm -hmm. in, you pick out your gun, you pay the money for it, you submit your background check, and whether you pass on that background check in two seconds or in two days, you have to wait seven days before you can pick up that gun. What's the waiting period right now? There isn't one. I There's not a waiting period to buy 
firearms not in kentucky i think some states have a waiting period but i can walk into any gun store in kentucky right now and the minute i pass my background check which i can insta pass they do the little phone call and i pass i walk out with the gun with all the ammo well you're only allowed to buy two boxes of ammo at a time now and walk out of that 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 building with a gun right then yeah and this gets into the 22 a day and I know all about it. I honestly feel like if there was a seven-day waiting period, that that would save lives. And I'm not talking about going on shooting sprees or nothing else. I'm talking about saving that person. Because anybody who feels like they need that gun right that second, maybe doesn't need that gun right that second. Well, for the people, too, that aren't aware, 22 veterans a day, more or less, commit suicide and I was, I can tell you right now, I was part of a, of the military and a reserve unit in the second, the 278th Armored National, the, the National Guard, Tennessee National Guard. And in a platoon, you have almost 60 people. So you have, it's, it's generally around 60 people in a, in a platoon. That's almost half a platoon every day. That's absolutely crazy. And how many people would have been saved if they had to stop and think about buying that gun just for seven days? Well, you know, with all the people that I've indirectly spoken with that have heard about or I've known very few uh, that I've known personally that have taken their lives that I, that I know of, but when, when it comes to something like that, when somebody is intent on ending their life, uh, they're going to find a way, uh, whether it's a gun, whether it's pills. I mean, you know, a human being, if they want to self-destruct and eliminate their activity, their their life, they and will find a way. They, they can, but this comes down to there's very few things as private and as instant as a gun. So, yeah, like if you want to jump off something, somebody's going to see you. So there's a chance to stop you. Um, if you take a whole bunch of pills, a lot of times these people who, and, and I know it's not every time, I'm, I'm not going to sit there and try to change ability, but a lot of times there's, there's a note or a message or a phone call before and you, mm-hmm. you have time to get to that person. You can get the pills out of their system. And and you have more of a chance. It, But with a gun, one shot and it's over. Yeah. I mean, and, you're, you're right. So you're right. It won't save everybody. But anything that gives us even 10 more seconds of a chance, I, I think is worth it. And honestly... Is there any real reason that you can't wait seven days to buy a gun? Because it's not infringing on your right to get the gun. It's just saying yeah. you need seven days just to make sure you're getting the gun for the right reasons. You know what you're getting. And you're like, oh, I need it for hunting season. Well, you know what? Hunting season's planned a year in advance. So you had a, a year worth of seven days to get your gun ready for hunting season. Well, um, you know, in that case, I understand what you're saying, but you know, life's not perfect. And somebody may have just 
uh, started a new job and their boss wants them to go duck hunting or, or, you know, some kind of whatever, uh, deer hunt, duck, deer hunting, of course, um, something like that. And, uh, you know, so in that, in that perspective, I do disagree with that. I think that, you know, things happen. And if, if, if somebody wants to purchase a firearm and they're a responsible adult, an American, then they should be able to purchase a firearm after a background check. No, we'll just, we'll have to agree to disagree. I think a waiting period is a good thing. Maybe, you know what? Maybe not seven days, maybe just three. Right. But, um, go ahead. But yeah, that, that's, that's fine. Um, but, one of the things that I, I agree with and disagree with at the same time is one of the statements I hate the most is a good guy with a gun is the only thing that can stop a bad guy with a gun. Mm-hmm. How about we make sure the bad guy doesn't get the gun? Well, there's no way to make sure of that. I mean, there's yeah, I understand. I understand where you're coming from, but bad people are always going to find a bad way to handle something. And I, I know that if you do a background check, it can limit some people, but you, you have to, you have to understand too, that we have a Southern border that I I've had, I've known a couple of people that have worked on the border and they told me if most of America knew what was really going on this border, they might not want to make it to tomorrow because that's how bad it is. There are so many illegal firearms that are coming across the border. It's absolutely ridiculous. Then you also have your offshore, uh, your containers that are coming in off of of barges and ships. Um, There's just no way to be able to check all those containers. And that's how, unfortunately, that's how these, these... a lot of these firearms are getting in here or getting to Mexico or other places in the world. And the case of that is you have to be connected pretty much with the bad guys really hard to get those kind of guns. That's not something you can just walk on a street corner. What bothers me is a statistic I read that uh, it was like 99% of all of the mass shootings were done with legally bought guns. Mm-hmm. And that's uh yeah, that's a, that's a good point. Um, and a lot of them were people who shouldn't have been able to pass a background check, but due to loopholes, default proceeds, or got the gun from somebody who bought it legally is, is how they happen. Right. So I think we that that's the part that scares me. The stuff you're talking about, 100% a major problem, but those are, those are lifelong criminals. Those aren't the people who are doing mass shootings. Those are the ones that they shoot people, but only when they have to. I, I, I don't want to say professional criminals, but those are... The hardened criminals and the mass but murderers. How many, aren't, aren't but I was going to say how how many like this past weekend, like I started off with early, early earlier ago. Um, what I what I was talking about earlier was Chicago, uh, Houston, L.A. I mean, how many people? are killed. There's another part of this conversation that really needs to be talked about 
is is gang violence. Oh yeah, gang violence you is know? a massive problem. And and and. and I'm Sierra Bravo, and I'm the narrator of a brand new, first-of-its-kind sitcom podcast called Popcorn for Dinner. This show has everything a sitcom should. Relatable problems, wacky characters, and even a will-they-won't-they. It's comfort listening at its finest. And there's even a laugh track. But don't worry, you get used to it. Popcorn for Dinner, a brand new sitcom available wherever you get your podcasts. Are you looking for something a little different from all the other comedy podcasts you listen to? Something that sounds like a 90s sitcom on TV, but it's not set in the 90s and it's not on TV? Popcorn for Dinner is an audio sitcom that was not recorded in front of a live studio audience, but it certainly sounds like it was. Thank God we worked that out. The best sitcom right now isn't on TV. It's in your ears. Popcorn for Dinner, available wherever you get your podcasts. I feel like if we were to institute all the laws that we talked about that you even agreed with, that a lot of those guns that they have, those those gangs are always going to be violent, right? But I'd rather a group of group of them running around with knives and guns. I, I honestly believe if we did these laws all nationally, right, there would be less gun violence because there would be less guns. No, we're never going to get rid of 100% until we get all these gangs, get them all shut down. Get them all in jail where they belong. One hundred percent agree with you on that one. Well, and that's hard to, to. I was just going to say it's hard to mandate a federal law when we have states and states' rights and state laws. Well, we could actually, if Congress came together, all these laws that I just said, because they're not extreme. They're not go take your guns away, which is what people are always afraid of. Whenever you say gun control, and even you kind of said at the beginning was, I, I don't want my guns controlled. But if you if you look at the common sense gun laws, we won't call it gun control. We'll call it common sense gun laws. Most people, like, well, yeah, that's not actually a bad idea. But we can't even get those passed because of the money with the NRA and Republican senators who are absolutely ridiculous wanting to carry weapons on the floor of the Congress. Well, what they're trying to show there is that a weapon is actually part of, whether you like it or not, guns are actually part of of the history of our country and, and the fabric and the foundation of our country. It, and, it, and that's true, and I will never disagree with you on that one. But at the same time, as a member of Congress, if it is a congressional law that you're not allowed to carry a weapon on there, as a member of Congress, you should follow that law. Oh, I agree that, yes, that's what your job is to follow the law. So if you break that law, you're definitely open to uh, to whatever you know, punishment comes from that. I want to I, I want to get more into this, though, and kind of right off in the sunset on this. It, we, we talk about we talk about. I can't breathe. And we talk about George Floyd and all these things, but where, where are the, the major athletes and the people involved in all of these uh, stances and protests? Where are they at when, when, when a four-year-old child is murdered in Chicago and because there's no snitching, they don't communicate and cooperate with detectives 
on a murder investigation, and then the murderer walks around, and and what it does, it removes all decency, it removes all, uh, I guess, civility, and and hope from the area when you know this guy just murdered a four-year-old, three-year-old baby, and he's just walking around because we have a code of, you know, don't snitch. I think that's what we need to talk about too when we talk about guns. Whoa. You know, everybody wants to point the finger at guns, but what about the people that are firing these guns? You know, the the gang members that are killing. Where are the LeBron Jameses? Where are all these athletes, the Colin Kaepernicks? I've heard nothing about anything from them when it comes to drive-by shootings and murders from black-on-black crime. Well, I'm going to disagree with you on LeBron, um, and I don't have the numbers and the information in front of me. He may mm-hmm. not go out and publicly speak at it, like on national news. And if he did, it probably never wouldn't be covered. And that's more of a news problem because that's not because what he does isn't sensationalized. But uh, okay. he has actually several charities he started in Cleveland that address these issues, and he's donated millions and millions of dollars to try to help with these problems. He's actually tried to build up the community. Um, so he has, and there are several other superstars that have, and when they speak at it, they speak at these events for the charity events that just doesn't get covered by the news. Where are the shirts that say stop gang violence? I mean, they they were in the nineties and and it didn't work then either. Just like the black lives matter shirts don't do anything. And like, we can talk about black lives matter. Um, at one point stood for something amazingly great. And then got hijacked and taken over, and and now the people marching don't even realize the guy in charge is actually doing a whole bunch of dumb stuff. But the, the original idea was was wasn't bad. Uh, when they superstars do come out and speak of these things and do start whole foundations to help with these problems, you just don't hear about it. They are doing stuff, and it's not all but of them. I am- but I'm I'm watching, and I don't even watch the NBA anymore. I'm and I, I'm I'm with a, and a lot of other people are with me on this. When they basically came out, put Black Lives Matter on the court, uh, they were in that bubble, and I think it was Tampa or Orlando, and they they said basically, if you voted for conservative principles, you voted for Trump. We don't want you. Okay, well you don't want me then. Well congratulations. Yeah. You don't have me. Well, and the thing with that is, and this is the difference, and and, and it's kind of sad, but it's what the difference is. You want to blame the NBA, and you want to blame the people, but the NBA is a company, the NFL is a company, and Mm -hmm. they have to address what the issue in the news is because that's what they get questioned on. Nobody's going to the NBA and saying, well, what are you doing about gang violence? No, they're going, especially at that time, they're going, okay, what are you doing about George Floyd? Because that was on every news coverage for weeks. That was all that was in the news. There wasn't nothing else. So NBA, the NFL, Coca-Cola, all these companies are literally, I don't like to say they support any of it, but they're doing the knee-jerk reaction to protect their brand. If everybody in the world is asking you, well, what are you going to do about you know, this police brutality with, with George Floyd. Okay. We're the worst up to BLMM on the court because we don't want to be ostracized by at that point, 
a majority of the country and a majority of their fan base. They're literally, they're not making a political statement. They don't care. They're a company. They care about money and the product and how their product is viewed. That's all they care about. They don't do care. You believe, do you believe that, that because of being, and, and I just speak my mind about things. I've had a lot of people call me racist in the comedy community, blah, blah, blah. But I speak my mind, and I believe in freedom of speech. I'm 1,000% in freedom of speech. And you may not agree with what I say, but as long as I say it in a nonviolent way, I'm not contributing to violence, I'm not condoning violence, I'm not calling for violence, then that's the greatest thing about freedom of speech. So when my thing is this is that look at gang violence and street violence— Okay, if you're going to have these Black Lives Matter shirts and I can't breathe, why don't you have a shirt that's saying that because it's not cool to step up against the gangs and the environments in these inner cities? What's your thoughts on that? I mean, people should, but it's not going to become a T-shirt. It's not going to become a, a, a NBA care unless it becomes a national news, and it's just not. like Because... People are, they, they just accept it for what it is. They don't, that's my problem. And a lot of people's problems with this whole situation is that, okay, and this isn't gun violence, but you take China and the NBA silence on China and, and the absolute demolition of human rights against Taiwan and Hong Kong, and also, I believe it's the Wugiars. Uh, they're they're a, um, a Turkish Muslim group. They've got inter they've got internment camps in China, and nobody talks about these. No, and, and they're not going to because China supplies up all our goods. If China stops supplying our goods, our economy would collapse even more, and, and that's what it comes down to. Everything you're saying is not that it's not accurate. It's just that until it becomes a topic, because at one point there actually were, I'm not going to say shirts or hashtags, because at the time there wasn't shirts and hashtags for things. It's now they did things. But at one point in the well, 90s, there were documentaries and there was news coverage on gangs. There were reporters infiltrating gangs and doing exposés on them and showing the violence and everything else. And at that point, there were stars at the time, uh, you know, Rob and Jordan, all of them that were, were saying, you know, we need to stop the gang violence. We need to stop this because that's what the news was at the time. Right now, that stuff's not being covered. It's just not. And until it starts getting covered again, nobody's going to care. People only care about what they see in the news. And even and you hit. But you hit the head right there, man, is that's it. The CNNs, the NBCs, all that. They control the narrative. And, and and that's why people don't trust the media anymore because they control this narrative. They're the ones that are they're talking about. It. They're the ones to pick and choose what direction. I mean, take a look at CNN for God's sakes. They can't go five seconds without mentioning Donald Trump. The man hasn't been a president for going on two years. Well, there, there's actually and, a reason they cover Trump so extensively and. 
I, I'll January sixth. No. I'm aware of it. Well, I mean, January sixth, and I don't know if you watched any of it. Um, one of the things they're not talking about, which I think they should mention more. Do you know how many Democrats they've interviewed on January sixth hearings so far? How many? None. Every single person they've had up there testifying has been a Republican, most of them working inside Trump's cabinet. So I think that gives a little more validity to what they're saying about what was going on at that time. But that's a whole nother subject. We will go because we'll need hours to go over that one. Um, but the reason that they keep talking about Trump is Trump keeps interjecting himself in the stories. Do you know how many candidates ran with Trump's endorsement and he did speeches for for these primaries? Uh, how many? It's like 30 or 40. And you know okay. how many of them won? How many? Like all but one. Like, so, and when they're talking about Trump on the news now, that's the kind of stuff they're talking about. Like, well, Trump endorsed this candidate. He said these things. Trump's actually keeping himself. Trump's, and it's something he's really good at because he's he was a TV personality. He keeps himself in the story. That's what he does. So, yes, they're still covering him, and some of it is the January 6th, but a lot of it is just he does these things to keep himself in the news, and he does that to keep him keep himself in people's mind because he plans on running for president in 2024 if he's not in jail. And everybody keeps mentioning jail. Yes. I don't see any chance whatsoever of him going to jail. I do, and not because of January 6th. Okay. I mean, well, that, well, how about this? That'll be our next show that we do. We'll talk about, we'll talk about Trump and what the, what the impact that he's had on our country and why he is the most divisive word since probably, I don't know, slavery in the United States of America. I'll agree with that one. Uh, all right. Well, I think we've covered gun control pretty thoroughly and surprisingly we agreed on quite a bit. Um, I've got hours more things we could talk about. We've already, but we've already hit an hour on the show and we don't want to go too much longer than that. Do you have any last statements you want to throw in here? Yeah, I think that, uh, I think it was a great show and, uh, it was a lot of, a lot of, uh, information was put out there, but I will go back to, I would like to see um, if we're going to, you know, we're talking about meeting in the middle. I would like to see that the celebrities and the news start taking more uh, initiative to, to show what's going on with gang violence and showing what's going on with street violence instead of just pointing fingers and saying, this and that with police brutality and blah, blah, blah. You know, let's, let's talk about the whole situation instead. So um, as far as meeting in the middle, we did not meet in the middle on that. Well, we haven't even got to that one in full yet. There's way more we can go over on that one, but I think this was a great show. I've enjoyed talking to you and we will definitely do this again. Everybody ninja saying, have a good day. Moonshine. Have a good day. All right. Alright guys, I hope you enjoyed the show. It's all part of the Ninja Podcast Network with all the shows featuring Ask the Angry Ninja Show, uh, Not a Kid's Game, 
presented by the Angry Ninja, which is our D&D podcast, the Ninja News and Politics Show, uh, Sports Talk with the Ninja and J-Mo, and our newest podcast, Outrageous Stories with the Ninja, uh, featuring occasional special guests. Great shows, great stuff. If you want to reach any of us, you can go AskTheAngryNinja at gmail.com. You can reach us on Twitter, AskCMan2342. You can get us on Facebook, um, on the Ask the Angry Ninja Show Facebook page. Any of those places, if you want to support us, we appreciate that. Go to patreon.com slash worst jokes. And if you join high enough tier, you'll get a free gift. And we just appreciate any support and feedback. You guys have a wonderful night, and we'll holler at you later.